Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. If you will, grab your Bibles. Let's stand together just to get the blood flowing and let's just honor God by standing to our feet. We do. This is one tradition I think we ought to keep just to honor God's word. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. Such an exciting day today. Just a great day today. Someone say it's going to be a great day. Someone say it's already a great day. It's going to be a great week. God has blessed me. Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through 20, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, turn to your neighbor and tell them, you don't have to have it all together for God to use you. They marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside, outside aside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. We can't deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them. From now on, that from now on they speak to no man about this name. See, we need a, a the, the, the fear that they had was speaking the name. The name is powerful. And and this is where we have to have a new and a fresh respect for the name of Jesus. Because their biggest objective was, we don't want them talking about the name because the name was doing all the work. Faith in the name was doing all the work. They recognized that. So the apostles learned how to have faith in Jesus. And so that ought to be a secret right there for you to functioning in the kingdom. And so they called them and commanded them not to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We can't talk about anything else except the things that we know and we experienced and we've seen and we have heard. That's what the difference maker was. They experienced God. They saw God do it. They were with Jesus. They saw how Jesus did it. Jesus taught them how to do it. And they, and they were letting the kingdom of God do its work. This is what it's all about, everyone. Today is story, storytelling day. Today's a day of stories. I'm going to give you more stories than Scripture. 
because I want you to hear life experiences and things that have happened to lift your faith, to help you understand that the kingdom is in operation, to get rid of all the doubt, to get rid of all the fear, to get rid of all the criticism, all the skepticism, all the carnality. Some people are so skeptical that they just have to see it in order to believe it. But I'm going to tell you, you won't see it until you believe it. You have to believe first. You have to become like a child first. And God will do what he said he will do. And God will fulfill every promise he's given you and I. He will fulfill every promise. So just repeat after me. Let's bless the service today. Come on, Lord Jesus. Bless this service today. God, shift the atmosphere. Let nothing negative linger in this building. God, we open up our hearts. We open up our minds. God, we thank you for blessing us with wisdom, understanding, and the character of Christ. No weapon, no strategy, no plan, no negativity can hinder us today. We are focused. We're in alignment. And we're going to fulfill our assignment in Jesus' name. Amen. Now give God a hand clap one more time. Thank you, Father. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. So today is a day of sharing stories. Stories that I personally have seen and heard and stories that others have recently experienced in their life. The truth is we all have stories. We all have something to say. How many of you have a testimony? Raise your hand. You can tell somebody that God, and even if you don't feel like you have a testimony, I promise you, you do. The, the, the life that you're living now, and, and, you know, life happens by choices. Some are good, some are bad, but then sometimes we don't even realize how God will drop ideas and, and strategy and wisdom into our brains, into our spirit, and cause us to have uh, witty invention and business ideas and give us a desire and a know-how. So I, I believe and I testify to this and say everything good that you have in your life, it, it's come from God. It's come from God. Whether we know it or not, we need to give him recognition for that. But when God gives you a story, it really is his story. It's his story. From the moment that something occurs in your life and God does a miracle or God meets your need, the moment a second passes by, it does become history. And we learn from history. And we have a history of experiences that we can pull from catalogs of, of, of files of faith that we can reference in our life and, and just recall the things that God has done to give us faith for the moment. But every experience that God has given us was meant to be a reference for the future. Let me say that again. Every experience that God has given us was meant to be a reference for the future and the present. The moment you say something, I'm watching the clock. 
It's gone. It's the past. I can't get it back. I can't reel it back in. There's nothing I can do. I can never get that back again, whatever I've just said. The first part of the service, over with. Done. Now the musicians and worship team and the, those that practice, all of the servant, uh, people that are serving in the church, almost said servants, all of our volunteers, they're now in their minds getting ready for the next service. We always have to have a preparation for what's next. Never be satisfied for what just occurred and happened thinking that this is all that God has for us. Can I tell you, Whatever experience you have right now, it's not all that God has for you. God has more for you. God has way more for you. And so we look at it and we reflect on things in the scripture that touch our faith and heal our, and heal our minds. Hebrews chapter 11, it's what we call the hall of faith. These are patriarchs. These are people and matriarchs that went before us. These are men and women who experienced God. And when you read the stories, everything that's written in there, from Moses, Abraham, to Moses, to Jacob, to Isaac, to, 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 to whoever is in there else that lived and did something for God, when you read it, it should lift your faith. But Hebrews tells us that verse 1, it says, now, faith is a substance. Everyone say substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The two key words in there is substance and evidence. It's one and the same. When God gives you substance, faith is the substance of things hoped for, Everything in this world has a substance, an energy, an origin, a beginning. And when God has what we call the riches of his glory, it is a substance. It's a spiritual experience and something that's tangible. And by faith, what God does, when you engage by believing and understanding what the scripture says about our inheritance in the kingdom of God, and you have a divine revelation and understand that you are part of something bigger than yourself. You are part of a kingdom that has no end, that is going from everlasting to everlasting, and you understand that the king of that kingdom loves you more than you would ever know and will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, there's something that happens in your spirit that causes you to have faith for that substance. And that substance, when you embrace it and believe it, and it's in your spirit, you release it, the evidence occurs and comes up. So the scripture says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the what? The word of God. In God's word, there is substance. So that things which are seen, so that things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. How many of you caught that? Everything you see had a spiritual origin. Everything we're looking at. In the beginning was 
God. And God looked on the earth and it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be. And there was. Before it ever existed, this world was ever formed, organized, and put into order. It was in the mind of God. And he pulled it out of faith and spoke it into existence. So it didn't reproduce itself from someplace else. So the things that were seen were not made by things that do appear. In other words, you may have children, but the origin of our very being began with him. Everything originated with God. And we have to have faith and understand that God can create and God wants to change our world that we live in. The reason why some people don't experience change in their life is because they have settled for the life that they have now and feel like that this is it. Without understanding that things can be better and greater than they, what they were before because there is a kingdom with a king who has given us authority in this world to function and to operate and we have access. We have access unto his glory and his power and authority. But in our minds, we're simply stuck in a rut, stuck in an old mindset, stuck in a paradigm of thinking and settling for what we see with our natural eye when it should be natural to see the supernatural work in our life. See, that word supernatural is a very scary word to some people. Some churches won't say supernatural because it pushes the boundaries beyond the natural. But we have to believe that the supernatural, that the spiritual things that God has for us should be a normal thing for us to experience in our life it shouldn't be difficult for us to embrace that, that he is a healer, that he can do a miracle in your life, that he can touch and remove and reduce the size of those tumors. Come on, Anita. Come up here. Give me the microphone. You don't have to step up. Just right here be fine. Don't preach a long sermon. <laughs> Tell them what God did for you. Um, about a month ago, I experienced real bad pain. I was sitting right there with Johnny, and I had to go to the emergency room, and they kept me there from probably 1 o'clock to about 11.30 at night, and they told my sisters and myself that they had found a big tumor on my left kidney and it was covering 90% of my kidney and the right kidney was 10% and uh, that was why I was having such severe pain and that they had to do a biopsy and they didn't look good and I kept going to the doctor and every time I went to get blood words it did not look good and Tuesday I had to go in for my biopsy and I was fast asleep when everything the good stuff happened but when I woke up I see my sons and my husband and Jeannie crying and I thought, it's the worst thing in the world. And Judy said, the, the tumor that was 90% is 10%. Let, let, me, let me inject something real quick right here. 
She hadn't had any chemotherapy. No, I haven't had anything. And uh, 10% is just a little legion. And they have the results, but because we had a death in the family, I won't get them until tomorrow. But we know, and me and John and my family knows that it's not going to be cancer because God has already done his work. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Somebody thank God for that's real. That's real. That's prayer. Someone say the kingdom has come. You have to believe that God can do anything. Don't give up so fast. Let God do something for you. Start believing his word. Not long ago, we had a men's event. And Pastor Jonathan Suber came and spoke for us. And a man in this church got prayed for. And God did something for him. Come on, Dwayne. Come on, Dwayne. I'm telling you, God is in the healing business. God can do anything we ask or think. It's all right. Go ahead. God does miracles. I'm one. Um, last October, I got diagnosed with uh, Lon Hodges' lymphoma. And I remember when that biopsy came, the doctor told me, he said, you understand, there's nothing we can do. No chemo. Is it going to change what you got? I said, okay. I was like, you know what? Okay. Then I need to go. I know somebody. I need to start trusting God. God started working inside of me spiritually. And like I said, I came up for prayer in that meeting. I felt heat come all over my body. And I had to go every three months to take a biopsy. I'm mean, not a biopsy, but do blood work and CAT scan every three months. So this last October... <laughs> I went for my biopsy, and it was different because I was anxious. I was anxious to see what the outcome was. So I went for my, my blood work and my biopsy that morning. I remember I called Baptist. I'm just, I called the pastor, and I said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm here at MD Anderson. He said, I'm going to pray for you. And I was sitting there, and, and I had to do my biopsy and everything, and I had to see the doctor at 2.30 that afternoon for my results. And when I was sitting there waiting for my results, I was anxious to see what was written on the paper. I was like, because I already knew what God was doing inside of me. And when she came in, she said, everything is normal. You really need to give God some praise. I never did any chemo. I never had to do any medicine, any chemo. And God had done a miracle. Say that again. You didn't have what? No what? No chemo. No chemo? No, no, no medicine? medicine? Nothing. Okay, just making sure they hurt. <laughs> I, I'm telling you that God does miracles, and if we take the restrictions off and start believing by faith and get rid of your doubt, get rid of your fear, get rid of your criticism, get rid of that negative spirit, I'm telling you God will do something miraculous in your life. Someone say, the kingdom has come. I'm going to share some stories with you, but I want to give you this one point, and the only point I'm going to give you today is this. God gives us experiences to share so people will come to him. I'm going to encourage Anita and, and, and Dwayne, share your story, not with just this church, 
go share it with people outside the church because they need the kingdom in their life. They need the king in their life. They need the love of Jesus in their hearts. God can change lives. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, God wants to change lives. We're going to wrestle with this for a bit. I don't wrestle with it, but I feel like you're wrestling with some thoughts because our intelligence, our carnality, our analytical minds will think about things of what if this and what if that. That's fear. That's fear. There are a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of buts. There's a lot of I don't know. But whenever Jesus healed people and he gave test, they gave testimony, I'm going to tell you what happened. That's how the New Testament church grew. The New Testament church grew because God healed people and there were results. The only reason why this church has been growing over the years is because lives have been changed by the Spirit of God. People have been healed. Things are taking place. And we will continue to grow where we go. But we promise to you, and this is our word to you, no matter how big we get, we're going to kill politics every time it sticks its head up. We're going to kill cliques every time they try to form. This church is not built around one person. This church is not built around one personality. This church is comprised of a family, of a group of people who are part of a kingdom that's bigger than them. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Our promise is, is that we will continue to grow and experience everything that God has for us. But the Lord kept on telling me and is telling me now that he's preparing us for something in this next location that has to be embraced here right now. We have to allow the kingdom of God to have its place in our lives. We have to allow the working of miracles to be a normal thing in our lives. We have to get to a place that we invite someone because we expect God to heal them and be more surprised if it doesn't happen than if it does happen. Did you hear what I just said? I'm going to share some stories with you. Let me tell you how my journey began. My journey began with, with my family. Now, some of you know some of the stories. Some of you don't know all the stories. But I can only tell you the things that I have seen and heard. And whatever I say to you and whatever I'm telling this story, if you feel faith for this, if you feel like this pertains to you, I want you to give God some praise and some amens and some hallelujahs. And I want somebody to say, Lord, do it for me. Let your faith be encouraged. Let your faith shift. You see, that's what the apostles did. All they did was whenever they, they healed the man, at the gate called Beautiful, and then they just started telling stories. They were telling the story of Jesus, who he was, and what he did, and what he could do. And people believed. And they were healed according to their faith. <laughs> My prayer right now is this. God, let your faith 
permeate the atmosphere. Let all carnality, God, be done away with and diminish. Let every person in this building begin to challenge themselves to new heights and new experiences in Jesus' name. And somebody say, do it for me, God. Say, do it for me, God. This whole experience happened when God healed my brother of cancer. God healed my brother of cancer, and I told you the story last week about how Lester Roloff came out on the radio and, and said, get out of that business that you're in and get out of that situation you're in, and, and if, when you get out of that, I'll heal you, and how God healed him in the parking lot. Do you remember that story? Yeah. Well, 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 listen, shortly after that, we were having a big dance. We were having one of those big concerts, and there was a woman there that was there with somebody else's husband. And whenever they came out of the dance, the husband, the, 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 the spouse to that person saw them coming out with their whole family, the other person's family. And when they reached to the parking lot, they got into their car and they started it. And it was one of those long impalas. And then they just started the car and they revved on the gas and went full throttle in that parking lot and ran over all eight of them. And this happened when I was little, and I'll never forget it. In that moment, God had been dealing with my brother because God had, had healed him, and he was trying to do the best he can. So this was a nightclub owner that had a Bible in his hand and serving deer. He didn't know any better. He was just hungry. How many of you know that we have to have patience with baby Christians? You got to grow in this. You have to grow in the experiences that God has. And so when those eight people were ran over, true story, there was one lady whose face was under the tire, and her face was underneath the tire, and the tire kept burning, and her face was being burnt. This made national news. The news, cast, the news people came out. They filmed it. It got a hold of uh, CNN before CNN actually became bigger, and they'd actually broadcast it, and it was all over the world. It was all over, in, in, in this nation at least. And so, and so this lady was, was underneath the tire. So my brother, who was a power lifter at that time, that adrenaline got a hold of him, he went behind that car, and he deadlifted that car. And he picked it up, and they pulled that woman out from the tire. And my brother, who had been hungry for God at that moment, he just, without even thinking, that lady was dead. In fact, she came here two years ago to visit the church and was sitting right there not too long ago but she was dead. And whenever he kneeled down and started to pray for her, he said, I, I just got to pray. I believe that God can. And he knelt down and prayed. And then all of a sudden, you heard everyone around in that huddle, in that circle that was there say, God is here. And when we looked at my brother, he was with his head up, praying to God. He was speaking in an unknown tongue, and God had baptized him in the Spirit right there in that parking lot. I already told you she lived, but then after that, her breath came back to her. She became alive again. Her pulse came back. Then they took her to the hospital. And when they took her to the hospital, her back was shattered. All of her back, all of her upper back and extremities were injured, and her back was, the, 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 the x-rays were just chaos. And so again, my, uh, my dear brother prayed and said, God, heal. 
You can do this. Didn't pray in tongues a long time. Didn't way back and go, let's say, let's go on a fast. He just simply believed. And they came back later to do x-rays again, and her back was completely straight. Someone say, thy kingdom come. I never forget that God started working in our life, and so we started to get away from the dance hall business. We felt convicted about what we were doing. We saw lives being not, not put together but torn apart. It was our personal conviction, and we didn't know how to get out of it. So me and my brother, again, it was a journey, a family journey. My brother and I went to the back of the building, and we said, you know, we got to figure out how to get out of this business and how to transfer over to do something else and, and all of this. And so we started praying, and we prayed, God, help Help us. Give us the answer. How do we exit out of this? What do we do? And we started praying, and we said, in Jesus' name, we know you're going to take care of this. And that day, the mailman shows up, and we get a letter from TABC saying that they have just revoked us of our liquor license. We didn't have to worry about how we were going to do it. We weren't going to try to make up excuses, but God made a way for us without excuse, and he made an exit for us because our hearts were lined up with him. That's how we ended the Riverside business back then. God did it for us. Somebody say, thy kingdom come. It doesn't matter what it is. And so we started a fitness center. We wanted to build a fitness center. We wanted to focus on health. We didn't have the money to do it. We didn't know what to do, but we prayed, and we asked God to bless it. And we get a phone call that week from a man who owns a remodeling company, a construction business in town, and he's doing a job at the mall, and he got a job doing a demolition job, and they gave him thousands of thousands of dollars worth of mirrors, long mirrors. They gave him nothing but metal beams, two by four, metal, metal studs that you can use for walls. And he called my brother and he said, hey, I've got all this stuff here at the mall. Would you like to have these mirrors and walls? And we said, yeah, we'll be right there. God gave us the walls. God gave us the mirrors. God gave us everything and provided it for us without us having to pay for a thing. Somebody say God provides. Someone say God's kingdom is here. And so we said to ourselves, you know what? This is, this is really, this place needs a little bit of sprucing up. It needs to be a lot more beautiful, prettier than what it is. And we went outside and we said, God beautify this place. I'll never forget that moment. My brother and I were standing together. We were holding hands outside on the right side of the building, and we said, Lord Jesus, help us make this place look better. God, we don't have the money, but you do, and we're asking you to do this. And as God is my witness, we were walking back to the front of the door of that building. And as soon as we got on that front door to that building, we looked out towards Red River and there was a trailer full of palm trees coming down. There were flowers. There was a landscaping company. They pulled up right to us. They said, is this Riverside? We said, it is. They, well, they said, is this Rick Rivera? Said, yeah, it is. Is this so-and-so? Yeah. Well, this is for you. A businessman in town, just God put it on his heart to pay for nothing but landscaping to do the whole building again and remake it. God provides. You see, someone say, thy kingdom come. See, I wasn't raised in church, but I'm going to tell you something. I've seen God build things. I know what it is for God to provide. 
That's why it doesn't shock me for God to pay for that property. That's why it wouldn't shock me for God to pay for the building. It doesn't shock me for God to see somebody healed. It doesn't shock me when God's kingdom begins to manifest itself. I know that God can. I know that God can. I know that God can. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the day that we were there and we said, you know what? We were praying. We were eating as a family together. Dinner. We're brand new Christians. And we just have the business still. And we just simply just, just want God to do something. And we were sitting around the table. And my brother started talking to me about, you know what? I bet you there's oil on our property. I bet you there's oil in that area that we live in. Wouldn't that be great if God did that? We didn't pray about it. We just started talking about it. Two weeks went by. A man came to our front office. A man walked in with the contract. He looked at us and he said, hey, listen, we are about to start drilling for oil and you're in the pool. He said, would you sign this contract? And when we get the oil, we're going to start giving you monthly payments on that. And our first payment was $8,000. Somebody say, God is in this world. I'm telling you stories I haven't told anybody before, but this is why my faith and our faith and our family is so strong, because we have seen God work. That's why it should be strong in your life, because God wants to work there as well. Somebody say, you just got to believe. You just have to believe. I'll never forget the first time we went on a 21-day fast in this church. We were so excited about the 21-day fast. We knew that God was going to do something, and we knew that God wanted to answer prayer. And I'll never forget, we were juicing, we were doing smoothies, and we had everything out. I had my office right next to the kitchen, and had a door there, and my wife was in there making me a smoothie. And my little boy, Josh, was just a little tyke, and he was just rambunctious. He was all over the place. He would climb on the counters. He would go open up the pantry, pull out the powdered sugar, wipe it on the ground, eat it off the ground. He was just all over the place. <laughs> My wife was in the kitchen making me a smoothie, and I was studying for the service. And all of a sudden, she's in, she comes to the office to bring me the drink, and she leaves a blender in there. Then all of a sudden, we hear the blender start, and a baby start to cry. My little boy put his finger in the blender and it split his finger in half to the bone. And blood was everywhere. Blood was everywhere. And we got nervous like any parent would do. And the first thing we did, we said in Jesus' name. But we just did it in fear. And then we just wrapped it up, made it tight, and we went back to the, we went to the hospital. We drove to the hospital. We were there. We asked God to... To, to just, you know, let them calm down. And then finally it hit us. We were waiting so long. We, and, I, and I get it. Things, you know, people get sick and things happen. But we were waiting there forever. And it dawned on me. We ought to just believe God to heal him and just call it done. About that time, they called us. The nurse came. They were in the back. The nurse examined it. She looked at it. It was wide open. We can see the bone. We can see all of that. He was just crying. And I said, well, we need to pray right now. 
And so we just laid hands on that finger and said in Jesus' name and kept it and wrapped it again. And then they came back and the doctor came. He opened it up and he looked at it and he looked at us. He said, why did you bring him in? I said, because he cut his finger. I said, he said, there's no cut here. It's just a scratch. God can heal. Somebody say, thy kingdom come. Come on, somebody. Come on. Somebody say, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. These things happen all the time. I can't even tell you how many times God has given me a vehicle. And I can't tell you how many times I've blessed other people with vehicles. I remember the day that we were, we, and this is something small to, to, I think it's small, but it's something big to God if it's big to you. I never forget my son Caleb. My son Caleb just turned 16. He's fixing to drive, and he didn't have a vehicle. And so I didn't have the money to go buy him a vehicle. But I inherited my father-in-law's vehicle, Papa's. And so I said, son, I'm going to give this truck to you, and you can have it. And I didn't have a vehicle. So I just went, and I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter to me. How many of you feel the same way about your kids? You don't, you know, you do anything for your children. You don't think about it till later what you have to deal with or go through experience. It just doesn't matter. And so I moved on, and I was happy he had his, and I was going to just share a vehicle with my wife, and, and that's cool, no problem. And all of a sudden, no one knew I'd done this, and all of a sudden a family member came up to me and told me, that God had spoke to them, and God had said that he's supposed to give me his truck. And the truck that you see I'm, that I drive right now was given to me, and I didn't have to pay a dime for it. And God is a provider. God is a provider. God can take care of your needs. I can't tell you how many times God blessed us with the car. When we were brand new, when we were brand new, when we were newlyweds, when we were newlyweds, my wife and I couldn't afford to buy a vehicle. We needed another vehicle. I worked out of the plants. She was driving me back and forth some days. Some days I left her behind and her dad would take her around. We didn't have two dimes to rub together. I'm telling you something. We couldn't even pay attention. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, was, it was by faith. But during those years, I would never erase them, and I would never go back and do it differently because we grew by faith. I thank God for those years. And I'll never forget that day that we were, we were praying, and I'll never forget that day at work. We're there, and, and this guy just, his mama just gave him a minivan. Young guy, a real young guy. He was a, just a teenager. His, his mama gave him his, her, her minivan, and, and when he got to work on his minivan, all the other guys started making fun of him. They started saying to him, man, you're never going to get a girlfriend in that minivan. No one's going to want to date you in that minivan. By the end of the day, it had worked on his mind. He came up to me and asked me, hey, would you like to buy my minivan? I said, dude, I can't afford your minivan. He said, he said just make me an offer. He was so frustrated with the whole thing. I said, all I have is $150. She said, that's fine. Give me $150. The minivan is yours. You don't know nothing about that. You don't know nothing about that. I went home 
with the minivan from my wife for $150. I remember another time. I remember another time when, 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 I, when God blessed me with the car and God gave me a sports car to sell. And I'll never forget that sports car. That sports car was cool, but it was a lemon. It, 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 it just, had the, I didn't know this until afterwards, but they had uh, flooded the engine. The engine was going, it went into a ditch, the, 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 the car did, and the air conditioner didn't work. And you turned on the air conditioner, and it was just nothing, hot air. And then you tried to start the car. It started, but it would go like this. It was horrible. No one would give me anything for it. I didn't know how I was going to sell it. I wasn't trying to, I didn't, want to, I didn't want the car. I wanted to sell the car to make a profit so I can provide for my family. Haley went through diapers like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I needed money. I put it out at Pete's Phenomar. Remember Pete's Phenomar? I put it out by Pete. We knew Pete really well. He was a friend of the family. I said, hey, Pete, can I put my car here? Sure, no problem. Put it out there for sale. No one called me. It was a month went by. I put it someplace else, and I just finally was driving across town to put it someplace else, and it's like my body. It's like I didn't want to go to this one car lot, but, you know, it's like my body just kind of turned in there, and, 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 and I did, and it turned in there, and I drove into the parking lot, and I go, oh, my Lord, what am I doing here? I've been to every car lot in town, every used car lot. I was so fed up with trying to sell the car. Everyone told me it's below the, the, the blue book value. It's not worth anything to us. We can't sell this car even if you gave it to us. I wouldn't even, don't even give it to us. We, we don't want the car. Ah, man, I thought I had a good deal there. And finally, I drove into the last car dealership. And right when I drove in, I cut the car off. And I, the Spirit of God is my witness. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, don't worry, son, it's sold. The guy came out. He looked at it. He said, well, I said, I'm looking to sell my car. And he said, well, what are you asking? I said, at this point, anything, whatever you think. He goes, well, let me go test drive it. And I said, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> he stepped in the car. He started the engine. And as God is my witness, it purred like a kitty cat. <laughs> I saw him reaching for the AC. And I said, Lord Jesus. And I saw, I saw cold air blowing out of that air conditioner cold frosted air blowing out of that air conditioner and the lord spoke to me again i told you it's sold he drove off came back he said all i can give you is twenty five hundred dollars i said i'll take it i'll take it come on somebody i'm talking about provision i'm talking about god making a way don't be telling me I don't have the money or I can't. I don't know how this is going to work out or how this is going to work out. God can create miracles. God can give you things to sell. God can make things happen. Somebody say, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. I'll never forget my son Caleb called us from school. He was having heart pains. 
It just touched me. Just, you know, when your children get hurt and they're hurting, it just moves you when you can't do anything about it. And he called us and said, Mom and Dad, I've been having heart pains, chest pains so bad. He never complains about stuff. And so we took him out and took him to get observed, and we got all the tests done. And they did the sonogram. They did all of that stuff the, at, the heart, at the heart place and, you know, the cardiac center. And when they did all the tests, they came back and they told us that he has an enlarged heart and there's a valve messed up and they're going to have to do open heart surgery on him. We asked for another opinion. They did it again. They told us the same thing. My heart sunk. My son came home. He was in junior high, but still when they get older, they're still your baby, right? My son came home and he was laying in our bed with us. And he was, we were praying, and we kept telling him, son, it's going to be all right. God's a healer. God's going to do it. So immediately I went on a fast. Immediately I called my pastors. Immediately we started calling on the name of Jesus. And we took him back a week later or so, and we got the reports back. Everything was normal. Everything was normal. No surgery. No surgery. And God has shaped his heart back to a normal size and his chest pains went away. God is a healer. Somebody say, thy kingdom come. Come on, say, thy kingdom come. Is this all right? Oh, let's just give God a praise break right now. Come on. If God's ever done anything for you, just lift up your hands and give him some praise. Just lift up your hands and give him some love right now. The whole purpose of me telling you stories is to tell you that we aren't novices. We know what God can do. We want you all to begin to shift your thinking and start believing God for the impossible. Start believing God for the supernatural. Start believing God every time you come to church that God is going to heal me. God is going to touch me. I'll never forget that Koi Slavic. Stand up, Koi. I'll never forget Koi Slavic told us he had growths on his lungs and he was in a church service and he began to confess the word of God. You went back to the doctors and what was the report? What was the report afterwards? Gone. Gone. Boy, did you run around the church first when that happened and then God healed you? Or did you just simply confess his word? But when the miracle took place, you just simply said the word. What did you say, Coy? I am healed. I'm telling you, I don't know if this scares anyone off or not, but you stepped into one of those churches that believe this stuff. That's why whenever the worship takes place, I'm going to give you a, a secret. If you know the song already, don't look at the words on the screen. Don't do that. Those are for new people. Get lost in worship. Let the music carry you. Close your eyes and get lost in prayer. Don't even sing the song. I know that sounds like a contradiction. But I don't ever sing the songs. 
I only repeat them at certain times when I hear them to enhance my worship. Now, when you sing together, that's wonderful. But when you need something, you need to worship and get focused on him and let the music carry you. There was a time that we had angels singing in this church. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. You just have to trust me on this. We were in a service here, and it happens. But while they were worshiping and the songs were going forth, all of them on the platform were in prayer. Everyone was in worship. Then all of a sudden, and the music you heard, it happened. There was another sound of music behind that music. And you can hear angels singing. And people started hearing it in the congregation. People started coming up to me saying, I heard something different, a sound from heaven. I heard angels singing. I'm telling you, angels will inhabit the praises of God's people, but God inhabits his praises. Things happen. Time, would, time would per, wouldn't permit me really to tell you more. But don't forget, we're beginning a journey to go into a new church building, and we are going to grow there. Don't be afraid of growth. Don't be afraid of what God's going to do because it will be a sin for us to go there with the mentality we just want it to be us four no more. God's called us to win the world. God's called us to see people saved. God's called us to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. God's called us to take our talents and invest them into the world and see the returns come back. But you know what? Don't forget the property we're fixing to build on was supernaturally paid for by God. Come on, somebody. You're experiencing this firsthand. Don't just let it become normal to you. Don't let it become, you know, you need to be thankful. And now when I say don't let it become normal in the sense of that you're just not sensitive to it and don't care. you got to stop for a moment. Embrace it. It should be a normal thing to expect God to do that. But don't be abnormal to the sense of, you know what? That's cool. That's great. I think we need to give God more praise. I think we need to honor God more. I, I think that we need to stop for a moment every once in a while and just acknowledge everything he's done so far. But with anticipation, with expectation, start expecting God to do more in our life because he wants to. Because he wants to. There is nothing that pleases God more than your faith. I close with this statement. The kingdom has come and it's our responsibility to tell someone. The kingdom has come and it is our responsibility to tell someone. Don't let this be one of those moments. I can't tell you how many times and it just, as a pastor, I, I, I just don't get it. I can't tell you how many times we've preached a sermon, we've taught a lesson, we had an experience with God, and people are the same way after service with a bad attitude, with the problem, with the complaint, with all of Listen, let this be from now on one of those services, and every service from here on out, that when you come to church, you're going to let God change your heart. You're going to let God 
You're going to let that word be deposited into your spirit. I'm not going to tell you anything that we haven't seen or heard ourselves. We talk from experience. We haven't arrived by any means. But I, have, I believe that we haven't seen anything yet. I prophesy over this church and say that we shall see people healed on a regular basis. I prophesy over this building and say in this church that we shall see wheelchairs empty. I prophesy over this church and say we shall see lives delivered instantly. I prophesy over us and say that the kingdom of God will manifest itself and miracles, signs, and wonders will validate the word of God. I pray and prophesy over us and say that every service is going to be something miraculous take place. Every single service, something miraculous will take place. I prophesy over you right now that you would be a believer, that you would be a believer, a God seeker, a person of faith, that when you look back, there's going to be signs and wonders follow you, that you would make the shift and you would learn how to tap into the glory of God where it's not by your works, but it's by his presence and glory that he begins to manifest itself. I prophesy and say right now that just being in this kind of an atmosphere, that God is going to heal people, that God is going to deliver people, that God will increase your finances. God will add to your bank accounts. God will add to your salary. God will pay off your debts. God will bless your business. God will give you networks. God will give you clients. God will do all things because this is a kingdom church. This is a church that believes. This is a church that embraces the supernatural, and we will call it natural in Jesus' name. If you believe that, stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.